Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Delicious Magazine April podcast. I'm Julie Smith, and this month we hear about why what we eat can save the world's wildlife. And we meet up with Raymond Blanc in Paris to get his recommendations on where to eat out. We find out how good digestion can improve gut health with expert Tim Spector and discover how to make kimchi, the fermented food that's taking the world by storm. We pop into London's famous borough market pop-up, Borough Plates, and get some tips for some quality Easter treats. But first, we meet Philip Limbury, the author of Dead Zone, Where the Wild Things Were. I met up with him and his chickens to ask him why junk food culture is responsible for the loss of wildlife all over the world. I did a global investigation, so I went to places like the US, Sumatra, Brazil, and what I saw very, very clearly was that factory farming, industrial farming, uh, is a big driver of wildlife losses. Uh, And so that really brought it home to me that what happens when we take farm animals off of the land and put them in factory farms is that that may look like a space-saving idea but it isn't because their feed is then grown elsewhere often in huge prairies uh, using chemical fertilizers and and pesticides and it sets off a cascade of cruelty if you like it's not just the farm animals that disappear from the land but it's also the trees the bushes the hedges the insects the wild flowers, which means that the birds, bats, bees, jaguars, elephants and penguins also disappear. And so that's why I believe that for the sake of the farm animals, for the sake of wildlife and for the sake of the legacy we're leaving our children, we should think carefully about the food that we're buying and avoid cheap meat. Mm. Now you're one of the most influential people in the food industry and you work very closely with the food industry. You're not an enemy of theirs. You know, the whole title Compassion in World Farming is all about dialogue, I presume. How, how do you have those meaningful dialogues that actually change people's minds in the food industry? Well, I think that uh, our attitude to things is that we, we approach corporations, food companies, uh, with the view that we're looking to convert people and convert companies to doing the right thing rather than simply browbeating them. And it's a methodology that, that works. We work with over 700 companies internationally now, some of the biggest names, Sainsbury's, Unilever, McDonald's, uh, getting them to make widespread changes using only cage-free or free-range eggs, uh, using only uh, uh, grass-based dairy products, for example. Uh, And I think that... um 
you know, we always want, we, we felt as an organisation, Compassion and World Farming, that we want to enlist the help of Goliath in what is a monumental task, which is changing the food system to save the planet. Is it the food industry, though? Is it, or is it the government, or is it the customer, where we really need to focus attention on? It's all three. Uh, what I believe is that the situation facing us now, be it animal cruelty, uh, wildlife decline, or essentially the nutritional value of our food, things are now getting so serious that governments really do have to roll up their sleeves and get involved. Uh, how In terms of health and climate change? In terms of health and climate change, yes, because what happens is once you take animals off of the land, when you take cattle off of pasture and put them in mega dairies or feedlots, for example, or you take hens off of the off a of pasture rearing, um, what happens is that uh, the, the nutritional quality of the food declines as a result. They're then fed on grain, which can be soya from uh, from faraway continents, or it can be cereals grown in chemical-soaked prairies here in Britain or in Europe. Uh, and what that means is that uh, the food often is higher in saturated fat and lower in health-giving nutrients. So whether it be your health, whether it be animal cruelty, or whether it be wildlife declines, things are getting serious. Governments need to get involved, corporations need to get involved, and it, it's great to see a, a burgeoning movement of caring, compassionate consumers also going out there demanding better food from their supermarkets and is that the single most important thing you would say to a delicious reader delicious listener through the podcast you know what do they need to do we all have the power to end an awful lot of farm animal cruelty and save wildlife three times a day through the food choices that we make so to ram home that message what i would ask people to do is for the sake of your children, farm animals and wildlife, go for pasture-fed, free-range or organic. And here's editor Karen Barnes on how that message works in the pages of Delicious magazine as we look ahead to the April issue. Well, as ever, there is a huge amount in it and we have a special supplement on eggs this month as well. Um, but one of the things that uh, has just jumped out at me, having a quick look through the dummy, as we call it, with all the pages in running order, is a piece by Julian Bagini, our kitchen philosopher, where he's just talking about um, the fact that when we go into supermarkets we are just overwhelmed by the fact that we have so much choice if I think back to years ago I'm sure you can remember where there may have been just three or four or five shelves of cereal you know things were quite simple choices were simple whereas now choices are complex aren't they but I thought what was lovely about that piece was it really sort of highlights the fact that all the stuff that we talk about on the podcast and in the magazine is informs how we buy our food and how we eat you know people are much more interested in all the issues around food where it comes from how good it is for us the stories behind the traders and the producers yes there's so much and i think the important thing is that we're all excited about food at delicious we love food we love cooking it we love eating it and we love sharing that joy that's in essence what the magazine is all about but then underneath that is the fact that every choice we make about the food we put on our plates is an important choice Mm. and we can choose to buy sustainable food buy food that has been produced responsibly by producers who absolutely love what they're doing and that brings to mind another 
wonderful feature we've got in the issue, which is one of our Produce Awards winners. Um, we're featuring one every month yeah. of the winners from 2016. And this month it's great Glenn Charcuterie with their fantastic venison salami. Have you tasted it, Jilly? I haven't. It's, it's got green peppercorns in it and it's the most incredible texture. And uh, we've been making a recipe with each of the winners each month. Um, and it, actually, this month we didn't really make a recipe as such because you don't want to cloud that beautiful taste. We've made beautiful crackers to go alongside the salami and a wonderful pickle. And also, uh, Susan Lowe, our deputy editor, travelled to Scotland to meet Anya and Jan, the makers of Great Glen, and uh, see what they're doing. And it's fantastic to hear about and read the story she's been all over scotland hasn't she sort of gathering these lovely stories about uh the the produce award winners but also other small producers and and that's what delicious really does isn't it it sort of champions the small people yes and it's important for us not to be sitting at our desks all the time in london we want to get out and meet people who are doing that hard graft and often it is it's it can be relentless at times and it's fantastic to hear what people are doing how much dedication passion goes into it and then the taste that you're rewarded with is just it's a it's a triumph in many cases and sometimes it's an unsung triumph and what we try to do with the produce awards is to give voice to those producers who are working so hard behind the scenes to produce things that we might go into a deli or a supermarket even or a farmer's market and buy so easily sometimes forgetting what's behind it lovely um easter we have a huge section of Easter recipes. There's lunch. There are fantastic puddings inspired by chocolate bars. We, we did a, a survey with uh, Twitter followers and Facebook followers asking people what their favourite chocolate bars were. And the results of that, we used that as inspiration for pudding recipes, which are really good. Can we say what the nation's favourite chocolate bar is? I think we should reveal the fact that it's bounty. And if you're looking for a little more than a bounty to give someone special, this Easter, Neil Davy, author of The Blosser's Guide to Chocolate, joined me to taste some of the treats on the market this year. We started with Bouja Bouja, organic gluten, dairy and soy-free ethical truffles with hand-painted egg cases from Kashmir. I like the appearance mm. of these. Mm. There's a real heft mm. to them. They actually. That's a very nice chocolate. That's, and you can absolutely taste the champagne in that one. Mm, talk amongst yourselves, I'm having a moment. <laughs> that's not just silly flavours for the sake of silly flavours, that's... Yes. And this is good, clean, fair food. This is fair trade. It's, oh, that's very good. It's, lovely, lovely That's really... We that. like that one. These are um, from Chocolicious in Borough Market. Mm-hmm. Well, she's Ghanaian chocolate, if, uh, if I remember correctly. The truffle flavours, apparently, include elderflower, mint, Tabasco, orange, strawberry and balsamic, passion fruit, white chocolate and hazelnut, which I'm just eating now and the blackberry and cinnamon and champagne. I may, I may dig through that box later trying to find the strawberry and balsamic, which becomes a major disappointment to everybody else in the office. Um, again, very well made. They're so dense and solid. And I know people kind of question the, the, the value of expensive chocolates and whether it's worth the money. These take a little longer to eat. And so I think so much of the mainstream chocolate we see now is so vegetable oily. When you do come across something really well made like this, with real density that you can actually hold in your hand and it's not melting mm. terribly quickly there's some real yeah i just there's some t- real quality there and i had the hit of tabasco there so and oh. that's that's absolutely beautiful um right now we've got rabo uh 1745 again mm-hmm. from borough market these are rum egglets apparently not eggs but egglets 
This is a certain solution. I must say this is quite nice because the first time I actually got to hold a cocoa pod, first time I actually tried the fruit within the cocoa pod, this kind of light lake white fluffy stuff that surrounds the, the beans, was in St. Lucia. So, um, again, looks very well made. It's lovely and lovely and shiny, beautifully tempered. The right about saying I think it's part of the hotel chocolat. Yeah. I know when hotel chocolat started, I was given an awful lot of their stuff. Because, oh, you've written a book. And I really didn't like hotel chocolat. Since they really focus on this kind of single estate and their own estate in St. Lucia, quality has gone up massively. I really like their little cafes. I think those, those are very good. You can actually go in and learn a, quite a lot about chocolate. Um, which is always encouraging. Yeah. Um, I still like that's got a has a really good rum taste and not that kind of artificial rum flavour. But again, this nice under level of um, of actual chocolate. Uh, what else have we got? What's this? Chocolate egg in a bottle. This is um, chocolate egg vodka mm. from the Revolution bars. Well, cheers. Cheers. Immediately smells very sweet. Not sure I get much from that other than vodka. That is it looks, yeah, it looks, eggnog from my childhood. Yes. That's what my grandmother used mm-hmm. to drink. And, you know, drunk by 11 o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day on that one. <laughs> New Easter traditions. That's, <laughs> that's what we like. Um, every Christmas I tend to buy my mum uh, a box of very good chocolates, which I, she would absolutely freak if she knew how much they cost. And what's great is when you give someone like my mum, who wouldn't necessarily eat really expensive chocolate on a regular basis, it stops her in tracks. So which one are you going to take home to your mum? Uh, we haven't touched the other box of Booja Booja, so um, I may slide that one into my pocket before I, before I leave. Um, I don't think I can risk it with a Tabasco chocolate, just in case. And I'm going to go home with a Kashmiri hand-painted. Absolutely. Uh, Somebody should. Yeah. Now, if you'd like to keep up with food trends, you'll know that anything to do with fermented food has been a hot topic for a couple of years now. And there's a good reason. Experts believe that fermented food, particularly kimchi made from cabbage and other vegetables, actually helps to promote good gut health. I travelled to San Francisco to meet delicious subscriber Trish Carty, who got into kimchi making when her health was at an all-time low. She told me and my Airbnb host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's David Shear, how to make kimchi, and told me how it had changed her life. What is happening now is I'm massaging the vegetables with the salt to release the water content of the actual cabbage. And you can see uh, in a few minutes, there'll be liquid at the bottom of the um, bowl here. And that's what we want. I had many health problems that were became you know worse. And after having children, 
in my mid-40s to almost 50, I was in a pretty serious health crisis. Trish, who'd been a chef for 30 years, retrained as a nutritional health therapist, specialising in the gut. And that was about seven years ago. So now I'm through that. I started teaching fermentation and all kinds of nutrition classes. So my life changed. Um, my children's lives changed and we all became much healthier. She took me to the local food market to show me shelves packed with foods that are supposed to be good for your health. This is a local honey. Um, this one in particular is, um, is right here in the sunset and a lot of the people that live here buy this for their allergies because they live here and this is it's the same with yogurt isn't it the isn't it the idea that if you eat local yogurt and local honey basically it provides the the right kind of gut bacteria is that right exactly exactly you want you want to keep the gut guessing with lots of different probiotic um profile basically I suggested to her that although fermented foods are a current food craze, they're no more than what our grandmothers taught us. We used to preserve, we used to pickle stuff because we didn't have the means to refrigerate, for example. That's that's the bottom line, is once refrigeration um, came into play and you know the production of big food companies came, I think we lost a lot, but particularly the traditional fermentation from every different culture that you could imagine around the world somehow got lost. So how long will it take to properly ferment and do what it needs to do? Um, you want at least a minimum of two days for it start to, to start seeing it active. It'll be within 24 hours you're going to see bubbles, you're going to see activation. But, you know, each thing is different. I tend to do cabbage anywhere from four weeks to sometimes eight weeks if I'm doing a long, slow, cold ferment. For David, it's not just about gut health. Kimchi is a great way to get rid of his leftover vegetables. Oh yeah, I get a food box every couple of weeks and it's like 30 bucks every couple of weeks and it's just way more food than I can eat. And so many times this stuff just sits in the fridge until it wilts and I have to throw it away. So, so this is so, a good way of using up the waste? Yeah, absolutely. Professor Tim Spector is the author of The Diet Myth and believes that while fermented foods are good for the gut, it's not the whole story. No, it's part of the picture. I mean, I'm certainly a big fan of fermented foods and very keen on people, particularly in the, in the UK, suddenly embracing these foods that other countries have, have had for centuries and have been part of their basic diet. And we've really lacked out, uh, whereas you know, the Scandinavians had their sour milks and other traditional foods and people in the southern Mediterranean and central Europe have been having yogurts and kefirs for ages. Uh, kefir is basically uh, fermented or sour milk where you take a raw milk and you um, grow up cultures in it. And it's been used for centuries in, in Persia and Turkey. And I think it's by looking around to other countries that we, we're finding out what could be good for us. And kimchi is a great example because um, it's, uh, it's what we call a symbiotic. It's got live microbes in it that are... Uh, fermenting away at the different types of cabbages and other vegetables in the these, these complex kimchis. When you eat the kimchi, you're eating the uh, microbes, which are a bit like the microbes you get in your yogurt or your kefir, but also you're getting uh, high-fiber vegetables to go with it, which we think are potentially sustaining these microbes in their journey through your gut and through the, the dangerous bits of getting through the acid, etc. And making it more likely they're going to have a, a more lasting effect. And you can find Trisha's kimchi recipe on the Delicious Magazine website. Delicious Magazine's Hugh Thompson has been to Borough Plates, 
the pop-up where chef Justin Saunders and his team at Cuisson have been using the best of Borough Market's ingredients to create some amazing small plays. He talked to Borough's marketing director, Darren Hennigan, and to Justin himself about the plan. The idea is that we take the fantastic produce off the market, we've got a great group of chefs here, uh, and they put those two things together with this beautiful setting and they create a beautiful place of food for people to come and enjoy. Do you think it's important that you extend the hours of the market beyond the six o'clock? Yeah, well, absolutely. We have uh, a huge number of people that come and see us every single day and they love the produce and what they say is we want to know how we can bring this to life either at home or we'd like to be able to go out and taste this in the local restaurants around the area as well and there's a real food culture in this area anyway but this is about the market extending what we're doing trying something new ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Because this could be the way in which we move into the future. Um, as a chef, it's a chef's dream. So what we do is we take star ingredients, might be a bit producers, farmers, artisan makers, bread makers, fishmongers, butchers. Um, we take a star ingredient and then we build a dish around it. One of the traders who's made a big impression on Justin is Pate Moi, whose mushroom pate has inspired one of the most popular dishes on the menu. Every day I, when I come to work, my, my first thing is every morning is I have a wander through the market. I try and taste as much as I can from producers without them knowing that I'm a chef. And I went through one day and tasted mushroom pate on the bread and it stopped me in my tracks. Flavour-wise, it's, it's rich, it's full of unami, that, that all-round savoury flavour profile. It just, it just smacked of mushroom, it was just amazing. Um, and then we kind of looked at it and thought, well, what can we do to enhance it? Now, I didn't want to detract from the mushroom itself, so we, we add flavours that are in the similar flavour profile. So we, we had a, a cauliflower puree in there, it's got a slight bit of truffle in it. Uh, we pickle some mushrooms, we use some raw shaved mushrooms. We use romescu, which is the kind of cauliflower which we grill and keep raw. We have some pumpkin seeds, which we crystallise in the pan, add a little bit of cast ice and sugar to, to enhance it, to make it a crunch on it. Then we use some nice shoots on there, some land cress, so nice and nice. Spot. And again, then we dust it with, with wild mushroom powder. Pate Moise Flip Dunning says the pate, which is the only product she sells in the store, is an original recipe created by her brother when he was only eight years old. Uh, we were all born cooking. I think we all started cooking about two years old. And uh, coming up to Christmas one year, my mum said, everyone can make choose what to make for the table. And uh, that's what he amazingly <laughs> brought to the table. And um, all through college, I used to make it for friends and then was begged, begged, begged to make it. And I thought, oh, there's something in this. And I'd always loved Borough Market right from the very beginning when it started. And um, I just ditched the career with no start-up, nothing. Took a massive gamble 
and flew by the seat of my pants with no experience and 10 years I've been making one product and now it's actually they want to keep it on for the entire duration of the pop-up which I am totally thrilled about but also really proud that Justin actually loves it so much and the feedback is wonderful. And Borough Place will continue to be at number one Cathedral Street until the end of April. Is there anything quite as romantic as Paris in the spring? The leisurely strolls along wide boulevards, the cafes made for people watching. But can you do Paris in an afternoon? I took the Eurostar from London St Pancras to the Gare du Nord to find out what Parisians do in an afternoon in April. Mesdames et messieurs, c'est l'Eurostar des stations de Paris. On va partir, attention, à la fermeture des portes. I asked Fabien, the onboard supervisor in Eurostar's business class, for his top tips including the best view in Paris. Well, one of the coolest places actually is on the top of uh, Galerie Lafayette. It's called La Terrasse. So you've got a bar with all the view of, um, of Paris. <gasps> so that's quite nice because even the Galerie Lafayette itself is one of the oldest store in, in Paris and it's very beautiful with all the architecture. So you're going to see Opera, the, Ofe- the Eiffel Tower, all the monuments from Paris, you're going to see it from La Terrasse. Nikola Petrovic is Eurostar's CEO, and as we gazed over the Gare du Nord from the brand new business lounge designed to feel like a very grand apartment in Paris, he told me where to eat. If you like a bit of a neo-bistro, which is the new kind of bistro in Paris, they're super cool. Uh, great food, but very relaxed. I've just been to a great one called Le Bon Saint Pourcin, next to, in Saint-Germain-des-Prés. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Uh, Left Philosophers bank. still swanning around everywhere. Ex- exactly. <laughs> Top food, great service, great wines. Uh, it's the new wave of uh, French cuisine. And as Nicolas introduced uh, us to Eurostar's culinary director, who better to point me in the right direction than Britain's favourite French chef? Raymond Blanc. We're in this fabulous new business lounge here at Eurostar. So, top tips. In, in Paris, you will find now there's one thing called bistronomy, where there's a lot of extraordinarily wonderful little bistro which are really high quality gastronomic experience. My latest was uh, Agape, that was very, very special. Oh yes, and uh, Sergent Recruiter was fantastic. Uh, I did taste one, Lamy Louis, everyone knows it, but very expensive. Oh my God, on a pays the bill. I had the best asparagus, Le Puy asparagus from Provence, sick like that, but my God, I paid the bill, I think it was 280, and oh I was by God. myself, you know, that's not what and, we're that, be and that's all what I heard about asparagus. <laughs> but after all those top tips, it was a little wine bar, serving small plates just at the back of the Gare du Nord. Welcome to La Pointe du Grand. <laughs> As I ordered a breaded pig snout with tapenade, I met its barman, Jerome. Here, all is made. We made our bread. We have a bakery downstairs. We smoke our salmon, we cook uh, a back leg of the pig for, for the ham. Uh, everything is, is made inside this place. La Pointe de Gruin even shares a larder with its owner Thierry Breton's other restaurants, the gastro eatery Chez Michel and its bistro partner Chez Casimir, both also within a five-minute stroll from La Gare du Nord. All the, the, the food, it starts at, at two grand, so two euros, uh, until uh, 10, 12, and you make a lot of uh, different style of food. We have a, a special money, the grand, you must change in the machine at the uh, interior of the so restaurant. Own currency. Yeah, so one you euro, it's one grand, it's not difficult. When you come in, I take your order, I give you a rock with a number. And when you, you come on the order, it's ready. I call you back the microphone. <laughs> like this, it's amazing. Yes, it's very fun and very good. 
And if you need any help with those French accents, the Eurostar team's recommendations are on the blog at the Delicious Magazine website, plus an exclusive audio interview with Raymond Blanc on his work as the company's culinary director. Thanks for listening to the Delicious Magazine's April podcast. There's much more on the website, including that extra Raymond Blanc interview, and more information on his recommendations with a special blog about Paris. And while you're there, do subscribe to the podcast to make sure you hear it for free. See you next month. <laughs>